Second Peter 3, beginning in verse 9. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away, and with a roar the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat? But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Most of the people of our Western world go about their many activities and events of daily life completely unaware of anyone or anything except that which they can see and hear. And they will do that all the days of their lives having never realized that there's a whole other cosmos of beings and activities stirring and churning all around them each day. Angels, demons, what these scriptures call living creatures, those all influencing and affecting and causing many of those activities and those events to take place. Creatures, some of whom are those that intend good towards those people who don't even know they exist, but then many, many others who intend them harm. And they do cause them harm. But all the while, those creatures remaining invisible to the natural eye. With all that being true, as we know from these scriptures, and as we continue to consider these days that God here in our passage calls the last days, to consider all the many occurrences and events that have taken place in the past, but are still yet to take place in the future, they're again spoken about in these words that I just read, we can envision a kind of circular swirling of all those many occurrences and events, much like water circling a drain. My imagination sees this taking place as a convergence with all of those activities And all of those events that have taken place and are now taking place swirling and being drawn towards a center point out there in the future. A future that probably is coming a lot sooner than we had ever thought. Coming to that center point of conclusion. And central to all of those occurrences and all of those events are all those many creatures of that unseen world the angels and the demons and the living creatures that I just spoke about. And so may I pause for a moment and ask you personally, 
Do you believe these words that I'm saying to you? Do you really believe that these unseen creatures really do exist? Do you really believe that? Do you live as if you believe that to be true? That there really are angels and demons and these creatures that scriptures call living creatures. Do you really believe that they exist and do you really believe that they actually then interact with all the matters of daily life? Your daily life. And then that someday will be a part of the actual destruction of this whole earth as we know it. Do you believe that? May I plead with you that though it be so difficult to believe it, to comprehend it at all, that we by faith reach to these scriptures and believe the things that are written here. The angels and the demons and those living creatures that are spoken about hundreds of times in these scriptures. They are real. They are really real. And they will take part in all that takes place in this soon coming end that we've been talking about. May I just read a couple of passages for you? And if you wouldn't mind, I'd like for you to put your finger in the book of Revelation because we're going to read a couple of different passages from there. These words are from Revelation chapter 4 and also chapter 5. Listen to these words. This is Revelation 4 verses 6 through 8. Verse 6, Before the throne of God, now we're talking about this throne there in the heavenlies. Before the throne... There was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings all full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then over in chapter 5, verse 11 and verse 12. Verse 11, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. As we read these scriptures, we know that these angels are just a few of all the angels that God has in His service. But he describes them as myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands. But they're only a few. And these particular angels and these four living creatures seem to have the one purpose of ministering directly to God as He governs from His throne. Never ceasing to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Never ceasing. So they are there to minister directly to God as He governs. But then there are other angels. 
many, many other angels, some of whom are described in these scriptures as being powerful warriors, other angels spoken of as being messengers. And then there are some that are assigned directly to you and me, to our needs, yours and mine, those of us who have given our hearts to Christ. Let me read those words for you. Two different portions of Scripture. Hebrews 1, verse 14. And I've quoted this often. It's a good one to remember. Hebrews 1, 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? That's you and me. And in Psalm 34, verse 7, he speaks there of... The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. As I was writing these notes, I was sitting in our sunroom and I was thinking, there's an angel in here with me. These scriptures are true. There's an angel in there with me. At least one. Maybe more. There's one in the back bedroom where Mom is. Once you and I have received Christ as our Savior and Lord, these angels, these ministering spirits, are ever and always with us, ministering and serving us. That's what these scriptures tell us. And though you and I are not able to see them as they serve and as they do the things that they do, I'm certain that they are blessing and protecting us beyond measure in every involvement of our day. We thought we were a good driver when we swerved to miss that accident. Maybe not. Maybe that was one of these helping us. I've told you also that in the book of Revelation it speaks of these seven churches having their own angel. And the Apostle John was told, write this letter to the angel of the church of whichever one of the seven, church of Ephesus. He was writing that letter to the angel. Some preachers want to say, well, that's the same word that they'll sometimes use for deacon. Sometimes. But that's the word that they always use for angels. There's an angel for this church, and I have no doubt that God has assigned angels to be our help. Now, about angels, yes, sadly, we also know from these scriptures that there are those other angels, many, many of them, who chose to turn away from God and to join with Satan in his rebellion. And they, we call them demons, in a similar way, have their attention focused on you and me. Just like our guardian angels. But these demons, their intent is to do us harm. And all these angels and demons... According to these scriptures, all these angels and demons will continue to carry out their special roles right on into the last days. As the days of this earth are called to a close, those good angels doing us good and those evil angels, the demons, doing us harm. That's spoken of all through these scriptures and we seem to read right past so much of that. Some of the activities of those evil angels over all these many millennia have sought to insert themselves into the religions of this world. Desiring to become as Satan was desiring there in Isaiah 14 where he said, I would be like God. And so they become like gods to these 
religions. Speaking earlier of the Buddhists, of the Hindus, they have millions of gods. What are those millions of gods? They're demons. They would be like God. Hindus, Buddhists, Egyptians. And there are just so many, many other of those religions that these demons have inserted themselves into. And those evil angels, the demons, they're permitted to do a special thing that the good angels are not permitted to do. The evil angels, the demons, can enter into the physical bodies and possess the minds of people. By their presence, control those people. Good angels aren't allowed to do that. Now, yes, good angels can take on human form, but they do not possess one of us. The demons do. In these scriptures, we've seen the demoniac in the tombs. And that man didn't just have one demon, he had legions of demons in him. We also see where Satan entered into Judas and provoked him to betray Jesus. And then all those other numbers of times where you see where Jesus and the disciples were casting out demons from various people. Now I make mention of that because that is apparently the same kind of role that the demons will play in many of the events of the soon coming end. Here in the book of Revelation, we see where certain powerful demons described as dragon, as beasts, they'll take possession of the minds and the hearts and the souls of certain national leaders, especially those in some of the Mideast countries. And they've been doing that, by the way, for ever since their existence. Called in various portions of Scripture, the king of Tyre, the king of and the prince of Tyre, the, the king of Babylon. Speaking specifically of demons and their activity within the persons of those kings and princes. And they control, they will in these last days, especially in the end times, they will control those national leaders. And those national leaders will bring most of the people of the earth under their control and servitude. That's what so much of the book of Revelation speaks about. And they will eventually wage a great war among the people. Now these are the demon-infested people warring against each other. A war like no other war that has ever taken place called here in the Scriptures Armageddon. May I read for us? And I'd like you to turn to chapter 13. Of Revelation. I'd like to read that whole chapter to us. Listen to what's being said here. And when these scriptures say the word beast and dragon, and they describe these beasts, this is what they look like in that spirit world. But they are inhabiting ordinary people, these bodies of these leaders, national leaders. Have that in your mind as I read this. Verse 1 of chapter 13 of Revelation. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns 
and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months, three and a half years. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming His name and His dwelling place that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints. Now, these are ones who have come to know Christ after the rapture and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. So the whole world is under the control of these demonic spirits. All who dwell on the earth will worship it, and everyone whose name has not been written before the foundations of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. Verse 11, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns, like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Now, these descriptions, again, are given in this spirit realm. But these ones called the beast and the dragon that are being spoken about here, they're going to look like some very imposing man. And he will lead them. He'll lead the people of this earth and they'll follow after him. I'm fully convinced that also in these present days in which we now live, Many of these very things are already beginning to take place, to be put into place and to take place. Demonically possessed leaders 
leading nations against nations and people against people, controlling financial markets and economic markets, devising philosophies within these nations, putting attitudes and behaviors in amongst the people, causing them to have conduct that you and I can't understand. Putting within cultures, even right here in America, that which we never even imagined before. But listen, as all of that is taking place right now, all of that is being done within protected hedges that God has placed around everyone. God has put these hedges around people of the earth for this last season. Let me read how you know that. Verses 14 and 15. Look back at those words. And by the signs that it is allowed to work, speaking there of this demonic being, by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image of the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath... Notice that word. It was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Now yes, there are varying powers within the dragon and the beast and giving the others powers. But in this word, that word allowed, in both of those verses, the question that you and I need to understand And ask is, allowed by whom? Yes, to some degree, allowed by those other demons. But what God is saying here, this is saying ultimately that they're being allowed to do what they do by God. And at present, the permission that they are given is only to work within the hedges that He has put around them. And He is keeping them within those hedges and their activities within those hedges for a season. But in those last days, in those final end days, God is going to pull back His restraining hand, His hedges. He's going to remove that that protection. And that's when the horrifying miseries of the great tribulation that we read about here will start to come upon the people of the world in full measure. God will not instigate what they're doing. He'll simply pull back those protective hedges and let them do what they do. Considering this, this mark of the beast that's spoken of here in this chapter, the warning of this absolute demand that everyone must receive this mark of the beast, this 666 on their forehead and on their hand, requiring them to pledge their allegiance else they'll not be able to buy food or receive those other services that normally we look forward to. Police protection, fire protection, medical help, hospitals, and on and on. In my imagination, I considered what would happen to those who are now out in the streets protesting against our new president, What about those who will not stand for the national anthem? What will they do when this demonic beast that I just read about starts making demands of them? 
they're in for a horrifying surprise. There will be no kind policemen with their shields putting up with the attacks and the riots. Now, also, though, there's going to be many, many others, as I mentioned a moment ago, who will realize the foolishness of having rejected Christ and been left behind at the rapture. And they will, in those terrifying days, turn their hearts to Christ. And he calls them the saints here in these words. Those dear ones will be forced to go into hiding, into this survival mode, and perhaps we'll talk about it next week. But the reality is we aren't given much information on what those people are going to have to go through. We see a lot of popular movies and read books about it, and they picture such things as like the resistance movement that took place in France during the occupation of Germany. And we think, well, that's probably going to be the way it is. But maybe not. Probably not. Probably not. Listen to these words in verses 9 and 10 of this Revelation 13. Listen to these words. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive... To captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. That's probably much more what's going to take place. Again, as we said at the beginning of this message, while during these days these creatures of this other realm are able to go virtually unnoticed by us, in these very last days, I do believe that you and I as believers, are going to be given eyes to see and ears to hear things that we never knew before. And you and I are going to be able to recognize far more the activities that are taking place out in our culture and in our government and in our society by the demonic presence. Even now, most Christians, especially those who are faithful to read and study these scriptures, they're aware of what's taking place. And you can hear it being voiced by believers. And even now, I do believe that so much of this really is taking place in our government, in our political system, in our financial system, and especially in our American culture. Our American culture has changed. Folks, I don't identify with it anymore. Civility, just civility, is becoming non-existent. People are not nice to each other. They choose not to be kind. They're mean. Demonic behavior is just taking place all around us. All this rioting in the streets. People killing our policemen. On and on. And that's just what's taking place here in America. When you look out into the other parts of the world and you see these other nations, especially those that are controlled by the Muslims, Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan, it's just merciless slaughter taking place. And I'll have to say to you, I wonder if the mark of the beast has not already began in amongst many of those people that are doing those things. Now our time is finished. Let me ask you as we close. Are you willing to believe that there really is a soon coming end? Is all of this coming into a convergence? Are you willing to begin to see how all of these many events and circumstances 
are part of God's plan because he already wrote about it thousands of years ago. And it's just now coming into being. If you believe that's taking place, I want to leave you with these words. This is from our text in Second Peter 3, verse 11 through 15. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to His promise, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Let's pray.